Hey, Takeover Church, thank you so much for checking out today's message, whether it's on podcast or on YouTube. We are so grateful that you are here. We pray it blesses you and encourages you and that you will like, share, and subscribe across all Takeover platforms. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday. God bless. We love you guys. Take over church. How are we doing? No. I don't know if we were in the same room, but that moment in worship might be the greatest moment of worship we've ever had in the history of Takeover Church. If God touched you today, if you encountered the Holy Spirit this morning, if He's already alive and active and moving on the inside of you, I need you to make a praise, the sound that is worthy of it. Come on! Breakthrough. Is always off the backside of our praise. Yeah. Why not shout? Why not sing? Why not dance? Why not move this thing? We are a move of God, are we not? Yeah. Amen. Waiting for God to move in a service. He's waiting for us to move in a service. Amen. Yeah. This morning, I have the amazing privilege and honor of being the lead pastor of the church, of getting to preach this morning. And the most important thing that has happened this morning is the fact that I sat right there, stood right there, and I texted my man DJ in the back who made the church sound so amazing this morning. That was incredible. And I was just telling him, I am in tears. I am torn up from the floor up. I am bawling my eyes out. And it's because it's what I said on my praise card. There are times in my life where I did not think I would make it, where I didn't think I deserved to make it, where all of this should have been taken away from me. But our God is so good, and He is so faithful, and He is so over Matt McClure and his shenanigans that He has overthrown me. He has knocked me off my donkey like Paul, and He has picked me back up and dusted me off time and time again. And if He can do it for me, He can do it for you. Amen? Yes! I know this last week in America probably the varying opinions of what it looked like to each of us in this room. But I can tell you what it certainly did not look like. It did not look like on earth as it is in heaven. There are a lot of things over the year that was called 2020 that did not look like on earth as it is in heaven. And Takeover Church is not content with being another church that just co-signs whatever political propaganda we favor in the season that we find ourselves in, we are with Jesus. Amen. So no, the book of Hebrews, writer of it, Paul says that you and I, American can be shaken, COVID can run rampant, political hellfire can rain down, but you and I, Christians, Jesus followers, we belong to an unshakable kingdom. Amen. Yeah. Amen. This can all be shaken down around us, and yet we will be standing because we are who he says we are. Amen. Amen. Yeah. This morning, oh, God is just so good, isn't he? Amen. This morning we're going to continue our series, Breaker. We started it last week. It's our first series of the new year. And honestly, like Zach said eloquently earlier up here for our offering message, way to go, Z. Way to lead uh, transparency. I love it, man. That was really encouraging. He makes me wish for Z. Yeah. This 
is the whole point of this series, because the greater the breaking, the greater the anointing. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So this morning, in this message series, we came up with a little something called the Breaker Creed that we are going to recite every single week together as a church. While we're in this series, I miss when churches had creeds. I miss when we decided as a people group, as a Jesus follower, as one body. You know, someone over in Nashville, somewhere over in Texas, somewhere over in Alaska, they might have a church that's in this season going through this thing, and they might need something to rally around at that season. But for us, we are rallying around the breaking. Because yeah. we are willfully giving ourselves over to this thing. Y'all ready to recite the Breaker's Creed? Matt, can you throw that up on the Sky Bible for me, girl? Here we go. Ready? Yes. A breaker is a child of God, a follower of Jesus, a temple of the Holy Spirit. A breaker desires the things above. A breaker understands the need for breaking. A breaker willfully gives themselves to breaking. A breaker seeks the anointing of God that only comes through the breaking of God. The breaker's anointing is the ability to break through any spiritual hindrance that would impede upon God's kingdom or God's purpose for his church. Come on! tries to stand against the church of Jesus Christ will be shaken. Amen. Will be thrown out. Yep. You are God's plan. Yes. He's not waiting on anybody else. No one else is coming. It's you and it's me. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Opening and willingly, willingly giving ourselves over to breaking to look as much like Christ as supernaturally possible. Amen. That's what this world needs right now. It doesn't need a Morning. Yes. Yeah, yes, sir. 
All right, we're going back to the book of Exodus. Book of Exodus, I promise you it's better than that terrible Ridley Scott movie that came out like five years ago. Oh, All right, here we go. Exodus 4, 8 through 17. It'll be up on the Sky Bible if you don't have a Bible. The Lord said to Moses, if they do not believe you and are not convinced by the first miraculous sign, they will be convinced by the second sign. And if they don't believe you or listen to you even after these signs, then take some water from the Nile River and pour it out on the dry ground. Because when you do, the water from the Nile will turn to blood on the ground. But Moses pleaded with the Lord, Oh, Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been. Even with you, oh, Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been. And I'm not now, even though you have spoken to me. I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled. And the Lord said to Moses, Who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether they speak or don't speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? God says, now go. I will be with you as you speak. I will instruct you in what to say. But most again, being Moses, pleaded, Lord, please send anyone else. Then the Lord became angry with Moses. He said, all right, fine. What about your brother Aaron the Levite? I know he speaks well, and look, he is on his way to meet you now. How convenient. He will be delighted to see you. Talk to him and put the words in his mouth. I will be with the both of you as you speak, and I will instruct you both in what to do. Aaron will be your spokesperson to the people. He will be your mouthpiece, and you will stand in the place of God for him, telling him what to say. And take your shepherd's staff with you. And use it to perform the miraculous signs I have shown you. We're going to pray. And we'll get into it. Sound good? Yeah. Father God, we just thank you so much for this morning. Father, we ask that right now, right now, it was a crazy first week of 2020. 2021. Thank you for a good wife that corrects her husband publicly. Father God, we just thank you that your Holy Spirit is here, that your Holy Spirit is above, that your Holy Spirit is the plan for the church in this hour. Your plan is not for Jesus to come back yet and change all of this. Your plan, God, and we're so grateful, is to empower your children, your sons, and your daughters to be the light and the love of Jesus who is to come. So Father God, I ask today, I ask for a day, God, just come at us, come at us like you did Paul on his donkey, come at us, God, shake us down, break us apart, shatter us from the inside out, whatever mold we look like right now that does not look like Jesus, we willfully give ourselves over to it because you've got a better plan than we do. So Holy Spirit, come and have your way. Take over the service and every single life in this room. In Jesus' mighty name, a faithful church set. Amen. Amen. Y'all good? Yeah. Y'all still with me? Yeah. All right, let's get it. Circuit breaker. I love that phrase. I love that phrase. I know you're probably thinking, like, this is Matt just, you know, being silly, and it's like a play on words. Last night was the breaker's anointing, or last week was the breaker's anointing. This morning is a circuit breaker. But honestly... That's not it at all. 
as we were going through this week and I was approaching 30 and we didn't get halfway through the week before another dumpster fire started up. There's crazy things going on and I looked at the state of our world, the state of our nation, I looked at men and women, the people of God. I did my soul a disservice by going on social media. You know it's true. And God just dropped this phrase down into my heart because unlike my friend Charlie here, I don't do any electrical work. I've never heard the phrase circuit breaker. I've stuck a you know butter knife and outlet a time or two and fried myself a couple times. I guess I've been a circuit breaker. But as God dropped down this phrase in my heart as I began to research what it was. A circuit breaker is an object, a device, or a person that has been approved by their maker, that has been assigned, designated, and you dare could say this morning, anointed, established, and purposed for the stopping and the breaking of circuits and currents and continual waves. Circuits that have just been allowed to run rampant. Circuits that have been allowed to just go and do what they do. Currents that just have been allowed to exist and exist. They're running rampant. A circuit breaker is one that is approved, assigned, anointed to break the current. And I began to wonder, I began to wonder, what does that look like? What does that look like for a Christian, for one who would say, I am a Jesus follower? What does it look like for me, my house, my kids, my family, everything, my prayer time, my Bible reading, all of it? What does it look like for me to be a living breathing, active, and alive circuit breaker. Because there are some things in this world that are running wild. Hell has had a conductor in this world running rampant for far too long while heaven is looking for some Christians to be a conduit of heaven in this hour. We are called, you and me are called to be a conduit of the power of heaven in this hour. And we are also simultaneously called to be a breaker of the powers of hell in this hour. I don't know if you remember when you got saved what Jesus saved you from, but it's also not what he saved you from, it's what he saved you for. And what he saved you for is the mission of Christ in this earth. You and I, we are called to be circuit breakers for the missions of Christ's sake. We need to be circuit breakers. There have been currents. There have been waves. There have been circuits that have been faulty, that have been broken, that have been wild, that have been too hot and too cross for too long and allowed. Just been allowed to 
do and say and be and start on fire whatever it wishes to for far too long. I don't know if you remember when you were saved, when you first met Jesus, maybe that's not you yet today. I hope by the end of this message you will be, but if you're in here this morning and you would say, I am a Jesus follower, the mission, circuit breaking, the mission is to send hell back to hell and bring people back to heaven. We are not here simply to bring people back to heaven. No, 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 no. We are hell killers. We are hell slayers. We are here to send the powers of darkness. Our Bible says that our war is not against flesh and blood. We ain't out here fighting politicians or people that think differently than we do. We ain't out here fighting well-meaning or ill-meaning other Christians on social media. No, 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 no. We are here to simply send hell back to hell and bring people back to heaven. We're not here to send people to hell. We're here to bring them back to heaven where we started, what this whole thing looks like. Until Grand Rapids looks like OG Eden, our mission isn't done. It's not time to sleep. Wake up, sleeping giant. It's time for you to be a circuit breaker. Yes. So what does that got to do with our man, Moses? What's that got to do with Moses? The whole goal of this series is that I want to look at people in the Bible who are imperfect, who would do crazy things, who were just people laying their lives down to be slain by God and used by God in whatever way he sees fit. And for me, there's not a real better example of a circuit breaker this morning than Moses. If you don't know much about the story of Moses, I'll break it down for you real quick. There's this guy, Pharaoh, sucks. And Pharaoh decided, yo, somebody's writing it out. That's Matt. Pharaoh sucks. And Pharaoh, he decided on a whim that you know what? I don't like Jews. So you know what? We're not going to let them procreate anymore. In fact, in order to stop the next generation of Israelites from existing, we're going to drown all the newborn men in the Nile. Wait. Wait, what? Yeah. Well, what does that have to do with Moses? See, Moses, Moses was supposed to be drowned yeah. in the Nile. That's right. You ever noticed, you ever noticed how those with the highest of callings on their lives are the ones that should have been drowned that you shouldn't have made it here. So many of you this morning, your plans shouldn't have gotten you here. So many of you this morning, your lives and your decisions, you shouldn't be in this room this morning. You shouldn't have the marriages you have. You shouldn't have the finances you have. You shouldn't have the Holy Spirit you have on the inside of you. You shouldn't have the opportunity and influence that you have. But God, amen. We should have been done, dead, drowned in the Nile. But God. And what ends up happening is is Noah's mother goes to, not Noah, sorry, Moses' 
mother goes to lay him in the Nile, but instead she keeps him in the basket in which she brought him there and, and set him up river. Down the direct direction, water flows. And what ends up happening is that Pharaoh's daughter finds Moses. Moses' mother disobeyed the orders of the Pharaoh of Egypt. And that same Pharaoh's daughter found Moses. And Moses was then taken in. And Moses, even his own mother was employed on this. Which is why, I'm going to show you that in Disney movies. You look at it. Moses' own mom still gives up Moses, but works for Pharaoh's daughter to help raise him. It's crazy. But Moses, from this moment forward, is now raised, obviously as a Hebrew, but raised as an Egyptian. Right. It's a wild story. And what you'll find out as we go through this message this morning is that something crazy happens in Moses' life. Something that Moses is uniquely qualified to do, but Moses does not believe he is uniquely qualified to do. Like so many of us in here, we do not realize this morning what's on the inside of you. You do not realize that every brick in your story, every chapter, every sentence, every punctuation mark that God has written in your life, it is for naught, it is not wasted, it is forever, and it is useful. Because God has an assignment, an anointing, and an approval, and an appointment for you that only you, you only you, can uniquely do. So Moses ends up meeting God. Meets God in a burning bush. Have you heard of this? Yeah. Meets God in a burning bush. Obviously freaked out. God doesn't even answer with, I'm God. He goes, I am, I am. <laughs> Moses is like, is this Dr. Seuss? What's going on? God's like, no, I am, I am. And he goes, okay, I am, I am. What, what do you want? He goes, well, what I want you to do, Moses, is I want you to lead my chosen people, the Jews, the Israelites. I want you to lead Israel out of Egypt and into freedom and relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, what? Yeah, that's not where we stop. Hold on, I am, I am. You want me to somehow, as an Egyptian, lead the Israels, the Israelites, out of Egypt. I'm basically the Pharaoh's grandkid. Like, what What do you want from me? He's like, that's not even where it ends, Moses. The next step is you're going to tell the Israelites what you've experienced here today between you and I and what the plan is. And then from there, you're going to go to Pharaoh. And you're going to tell him that you have met the king of kings. That you've met the God above all other gods. That you have met the God who reigns above idols and melts them back to gold where they came from. That you have met the God that is above every other lowercase g God that they avowed and worshipped in Egypt. And you're going to tell him to let my people go. Now, at first glance, that is daunting. 
Is it not? Yeah. Is that not the craziest thing you've ever heard? Oh my gosh, this isn't Jesus. This isn't the Son of God. This is Moses. This is Moses, whose heritage is Hebrew, but whose nationality is Egyptian, who is basically homeless because he doesn't fit in anywhere. And God is saying, I'm going to use you. I'm going to use you to bring freedom to my chosen people. They will be my people, and I will be their God, and you will communicate that. While at the same time, as you're liberating them, you will be stealing from Pharaoh. That is daunting. That is scary. That is what the call of God looks like on people's lives. That is irrational. But how many of you know we don't really have a rational God? When's the last time that God asked you to do something that was rational? We don't serve a rational God. If it's big, if it's daunting, if it's scary, if it's irrational and ripe with impossibilities, that means the fruit of it with God at the helm of it will be possible. Will be rational. The irrational of life is what gives way to the supernatural with God. If it looks irrational, chances are it's primed for supernatural. It's primed for a move of God. It's primed for God to do what only God can do, but He needs you in order to do it. Well, Matt, God doesn't need anything. He's holy, complete unto Himself. He's God. He is perfectly satisfied. He's three in one, one in three. He's got all the community needs. What does He need me for? Because his plan, his plan for Earth, for America, for Michigan, for Grand Rapids, for West Michigan, for this area, for your apartment complex or cul-de-sac, wherever you live, God's plan isn't simply to be three and one, one and three, and have the intent unto himself. Is he? Yes. Does he need you? Like we use the word need? No. But he wants you. He's approved you. He's assigned you. He's given you an appointment. And he has anointed you. He has smeared it all over your life. You are uniquely qualified in this hour to lead. Whether you know it or not. Whether life is difficult or not. Whether the last 5, 10, 15, 60 years of your life has sucked or not. You were made for such a time as this. That's irrational. It is. Which means it can be supernatural. That's right. Moses, the great circuit breaker. How many of you guys know if God is ever going to use you to break the circuit of hell and the world's influence in our world today? First, God has to be able to break the circuit of hell and the world's influence within us. We don't like it. That's not our favorite thing about following Jesus. Our favorite thing is the praise cards. We don't like the prayer cards. We want the praise, but we don't want to have to go through anything that causes us to pray. We want God to reign on the throne, but we don't want to have to need God to reign on the throne. We don't want the moment. 
where God, if we're going to be a breaker, things have to be broken off of us. We want to break currents, but we don't want currents broken on the inside of us. There are some things on the inside of all of us that we have allowed to rule and reign on the inside of us for far too long. We have all got some sort of hurt. We have all got some sort of faulty wiring. We have all got some faulty fallen circuits and currents that have ruled and reigned in our hearts for far too long. And because of that, we are uniquely qualified to lead. Now, what does that mean? We'll break it down with Moses. See, Moses, chief circuit breaker, in my opinion. See, Moses, Moses got a lot of issues. He does. You won't see that in the animated movie, but Moses, Moses has a lot of issues. You see, in this moment that we just read, Moses is literally saying, no one will listen to me. No one will listen to me. This is great. I am, I am, Bertie Bush guy, whoever you are, omnipotent voice from on high. Like, that's cool and all, and I respect you because you're on fire. But no one will listen to me. Who am I? The second God calls us to be a circuit breaker in this world, many of us, we begin asking God, who am I? Who am I? Why should I have that job? Why should I have that marriage? Why should I have that relationship? Why would I have that kind of influence? Why would, some, why would you put it on my heart to pray for somebody in the streets? What? Who am I? I can't talk. Even here, now, this is amazing. This is amazing in this moment. Moses goes, even with you, God. Even with you. I am in relationship with you, you and I, we are having a conversation. I'm talking to the God that hung the stars, split the seas, and did the whole nine yards. It's awesome. Like, I am talking to you. I am, I am. And yet, I'm still tongue-tied. Who will listen to me? And so often, we begin listing off disqualifications after disqualifications after disqualifications reason after reason in the natural why we are not right and prime to be used for the supernatural in this earth. But can I encourage you today, church? This is good preaching. Are we good? Yeah. Let's yeah. get your spirit stoked. Yeah. Are you ready to go? Yes, sir. Can I encourage you today, church? The very thing you think disqualifies you is actually what qualifies you for Jesus. Amen. For Jesus. Jesus is what equips you for your call, but what has disqualified you from it is the very thing that brings you to the feet of Jesus. We start listing off why I'm not good enough, why it can never be me, I can't talk, I can't dance. The only thing about me, sorry, it's a full concept. Yeah, woo! No, all right, but I can't talk, I can't dance. I don't have charisma. I don't have those kind of friends. I don't have finances. I don't, 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 I don't. It's so funny that Moses lifts off all these I don'ts while he's talking to the I am. How often, it's not even in my notes, that's for free. How often in your life are you going, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I can't, I can't, I can't, while you're talking to the great I am? I'm not, well I am. I can't, well I am. I don't, well I am. I can't see it, well I am. I don't believe it, well I am. I can't heal her, but I am. We start list 
ticking off all of these things that we believe disqualify us from the call, but the very thing that has qualified you for the call is what has disqualified you because it brought you to the feet of Jesus. Who he himself has said, apart from me, you can do nothing. And so while we're talking to the I am, saying I can't and I don't and I want, he's saying, I am. I am. Because I am, you are. Because I am, you can. Because I am, you will. Because I am, you overcome, you overthrow, you take over, and you toss the devil out on his butt, and you take this thing for the cause of Christ in Grand Rapids. Amen? Amen. But like I said, for every circuit breaking we do, there's got to be a circuit breaking that he does within us. So what is that with Moses? What is that with Moses? He says right now, he proclaims, I can't do that, God. Can you imagine? God lights a fire of himself right in front of you out of a random bush. Okay? And I don't have any of those grand habits. There's a bush. Okay? He lights himself on fire, declares himself, I am, right in front of you. And you're staring at God in his face saying, I can't. Why can't you, Moses? I can't speak. I get tongue-tied. No one will follow me. Who will follow me? The Pharaoh won't listen to me. I'm not Egyptian. The Hebrews won't listen to me. I was raised an Egyptian. Like this, this doesn't make sense, God. It's so funny. So many of us, we throw ourselves out of the race. We quit early. We give up on God. We give up on church. We give up on ministry. We give up on what we're made to do. We give up on our marriages. We give up on purity and holiness and all of these things. We give up praying. We give up everything God has made abundantly available to us. Okay, John? We give up on it so early. And it's all because of these things that I like to call surface issues. Moses is like, I can't talk. Oh, so because you can't talk, you can't liberate people? There is a liberation of an entire people group on the backside of you going and telling, going and telling, going and telling. You have two things that you need to do right now, Moses. Go and tell. There's a complete freedom and liberation of an entire populace, of an entire nation, of an entire people group that have been slaves. Friends, can I tell you, as circuit breakers, if racism is a circuit that needs to be broken, we're going to break it. If sickness is a current that needs to be broken, we're going to break it. If adultery is a current that needs to be broken, we're going to break it. If depression and suicide are a current in our lives or in the lives of those around us that needs to be broken, guess what, church? We're going to break it. Say with his little surface issues. You know why Moses couldn't speak? Do I know Moses couldn't talk? Do I know why Moses had no confidence that anybody would listen to him? His name literally means pulled from the water. He was made for this. 
It's funny, as he was a man who was pulled from the waters, he leads people through the waters. We're made for this. We're born for this. Just like I said at the beginning of the service, Moses, no one else was coming. Phil, no one else is coming. Evan, no one else is coming. Especially not a nice sweater like that. But Moses, he had this surface issue. He had this surface issue that was stopping him from liberating entire people. Do you think that if God showed up in a burning bush to you and told you to go free a bunch of people, and all you got to do is show up and talk, well, then you'd probably get over yourself and be like, yeah, let's, you know, God, you can use right. me. You know, you, you reckon. But see, that's why I know it's a surface issue. For every surface issue, there's actually a broken part. There's actually a brokenness. There's something that exists that predates your surface issue that's on the inside of you that is needing to be remedied. You see, Moses, the reason he couldn't speak and the reason he didn't believe anybody could follow him is because Moses had identity issues. Moses had identity issues. Well, the Egyptians know he's a Hebrew. He don't really fit in. Well, the Hebrew, Hebrew, they know. They know that he was raised an Egyptian, that while so many others were sacrificed because of Pharaoh's stupidity in the Nile, he got to be taken in and raised as one of their own. And so they're not going to buy into what he has to say. And so Moses, because he has identity issues and doesn't believe this is who he is or what he was made to do, because he is heritage and, and he is personally homeless at the moment, he is more an outlier than he is an inlier. He doesn't belong in either camp because he's from one and raised in another. And so therefore, he feels completely inadequate to stand up and speak and to lead a liberation of people. Moses' issue with speaking wasn't his issue. His issue was that it was a surface issue that he didn't allow his heart to be remedied by. Moses' brokenness comes from not having his identity found in the one who made him. He's trying to have an identity as an Egyptian. He's trying to have an identity as a Hebrew. But both of those are dead ends when it comes to who God has made you to be. You see, the problem with Moses in this moment is what the problem with so many of us are. We want to disqualify ourselves based off a surface issue when whatever our real hang-up is, is a brokenness on the inside of us. You see, Moses, Moses, he didn't know whose he was, so he didn't know what he was. Now, when you don't know what you are, you will live by what you are not. I'm going to say that one more time so we can get this on the inside of us. Tattoo this on your soul this morning. If you don't know whose you are, you will not know what you are. And when you don't know what you are, you will live by what you are not. Moses is not a speech impediment. He's a liberator. Moses is not a tongue-tied babbling fool. He is a liberator. Every single one of us in this room, like I said earlier from the jump, we send hell back to hell. We bring people back to heaven with us. We are all liberators. Yeah. 
But we have things on the inside of us that we have allowed to be a current, that we have allowed to be a circuit, that we have allowed to remain hot, get our wires crossed, and live by identities and from standpoints and viewpoints and vantage points of which we are not. we got to know whose we are so we can know what we are or you will fall for what you are not. You are God's child. Yes. Not a Hebrew. You're not Egyptian. You're God's liberator to the masses. Yes. Can I tell you this morning that Moses' life, Moses' identity being out of order made his life manifest disorder. Yes. Moses' identity being out of order made his life manifest disorder. So many of our service issues, the same that goes for us. If your identity is out of order, your life will manifest disorder. Yes. You, have, you have a bunch of disorder going on in your life? I'm not saying following Jesus is going to be peachy keen. I'm saying disorder within yourself. If you got disorder coming out of you and through you, is your identity in order? Because here's the deal. So many of us, we fall for this lie. We fall for this lie. Moses thinks that it was his speech impediment that made him unqualified to do that. He thinks that's what was holding him back. Like I said, his speech impediment was a surface issue. This was a greater heart issue. So many of us, we live the same way. Well, my pornography addiction is going to keep me from that. No, it's not. It's the heart issue behind your pornography addiction. Addiction. My pornography addiction is leading me into this area of brokenness. No, your brokenness has led you into pornography, and pornography has led you into bondage. Oh, man, my lying is going to keep me from doing the things of God that he's called me to do. No, your lying isn't going to keep you from doing the things God has called you to do. Your brokenness that makes you feel like you need to lie, that you're not good enough, that your identity isn't good enough, that you can never be or do what God has called you to do, that's going to make you lie. And then your lying is going to lead you to further bondage because ain't nobody going to believe what you have to say. Right. We get this confused and we get it twisted. Moses did as well. God said, go and tell. Go and tell. I can't. I can't, God. Choose someone else. We got the prophet Isaiah going, here I am, Lord, send me. I want the smoke. And you got Moses going, I'm not here for it. I am. I don't want the burning bush. I don't want none of this. I want to go back to what I was doing before you interrupt my regularly scheduled program. Friends, the tainted identity will forfeit a divine calling. The tainted identity will forfeit your divine calling. God has made you and established you and purposed you and knitted you together inside your mother's room. And he has put purpose and destiny and all of these things over every single one of your lives. Some of you in this place, you are called to be liberators of men. And some of you are called to go and speak truth to power to those in authority and correct them. Whatever way it is, some of you are blessed enough to do both. You've got things that have been spoken over you from the heavenly places that God has called you to echo in the earthly places. But you will forfeit that in 2021 if your identity is not in order. Amen. 
Fresh water can it come from a tainted well? Can it come from a tainted well? Man, I just I was just raised in this kind of family. I've been married five times. I've just seen sexual abuse and violence. And because I never saw something stable growing up, I'm just going from bed to bed, hookup to hookup, fix to fix, and yet here I am hearing that God tells me to take my things captive and put to dead the earthly things, the broken things within me, cancel out this current while simultaneously telling me it's not good that I be alone. Fix to fix, bed to bed, hookup to hookup is a surface issue that, yes, has led you to further bondage, but there is a heart surgery that needs to take place on the inside of you. That is the real culprit. That is the real thief that comes in the night. That is the real thing that has tried to steal, kill, and destroy your identity. You are called to be a circuit breaker, but we have got some haywire happening on the inside of us. We have some reprogramming that needs to take place. Because if we do not, will you be and do all that God has called you to be and do? Because you know what happens next in the scripture? You know what happens next? I see something amazing happen. I see two things happen. And before we say those two things, I've got to ask you a question this morning. On earth as it is in heaven, right? God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? That's what the Bible says. Is that what you said? Church, you can answer me. Is that what you said? God's will on earth as it is in heaven? Yeah. I got a question for you. Will God's will, God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven by you? Will God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven by you? Because here's two crazy things that takes place in this next piece of scripture. Nat, you want to throw up on the screen for me real quick? Tuesday. On earth as it is in heaven, 
but will it be done by you? Because in this moment, we see that God goes, all right, have it your way, Moses. Miss out. Here's your bro Aaron. He's good at talking. You know what? Here's the plan. Here's a new plan. Because I'm not God or anything, and I don't, I'm not perfect. And I didn't think you were the right guy for the job. All right, you're going to argue. But plan B. You know it's buck wild when God's going to give you a plan B. That he don't do that. And you'll see why in a minute. But he goes, all right, Aaron. Here you go, Moses. Aaron's going to speak for you. And, uh, you know, I was going to use you to be uh, the mouthpiece of heaven to ring the sound of freedom to the Israelites. But instead, um, you're going to be the mouthpiece to your brother. See, the fact that Moses didn't remedy what was broken on the inside of him, his heritage issue, his nationality issue, where he comes from issue, the fact that he couldn't get past this little speech impediment that he had meant that he forfeited what God's call for his life was. And God said, well, the Yoda goes, there is another. <laughs> there is another. <laughs> but it's really not. That's really not, because Moses' call on his life was not to be God's voice to Aaron's ear. Right. It was to be God's voice to Pharaoh and God's voice to his chosen people. He wasn't there to be the mouthpiece for Aaron, to whisper to Aaron's ear all the things that God wants to say. No, no, no. Moses forfeited what he was called to do. Because he was reluctant and he was hesitant and he decided to pick a fight with God and say, not me. You got the wrong brother. You got the wrong God, burning bush. I, uh, burning bush I am, I am. There was no tea in there. Okay. <laughs> Forfeited. And he goes, all right. Well, there's two things that I noticed. One of them, one of them, is that God's will will be done. It's just a matter of question of whether it will be done by you. God's will will come about, but will it be done by you? God's will in your workplace, God's will in your marriage, men, or is God going to enlist the lady to lead in this season? God's will will be done. But will it be done by you? Because God is totally capable until you are humble enough to listen to him, to find somebody else. If he is building a beautiful kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven, if he needs a bricklayer and you are unwilling to lay some bricks, he will find somebody else that will. Gives the call of God are irrevocable. Yeah, they are. They are. You're still called. You're still anointed. You're still appointed. You're just sitting over here hesitant, reluctant, and keep it to yourself. Worship TV can make a way of it. The second thing I noticed is that the gifts and call on your life, they are irrevocable. Because God goes, fine. Fine, Moses. You don't want it? 
Please your brother. As if you guys haven't been competing your entire lives already. Please Aaron. He's charming, witty, charismatic. Can talk good. And you'll just remain coming in second. You'll just remain being second up, runner up. Tear. But you know what though? You don't get off the hook. So while you may be reluctant to say anything to the Israelites, while you may not be okay with saying anything to Pharaoh, you will still be my mouthpiece. It will just happen to be to your brother, who has bested you in all these other ways already. And that will be your new assignment for this season. Through ten conversations with Pharaoh, ten plagues came. Through ten conversations, of which Moses didn't partake in any of them, he was in the room, but he wasn't the mouthpiece. He wasn't the echo of heaven. He wasn't the resounding freedom. Instead, he was the guy in the back being consulted, being asked his opinion. Instead of walking out who he was made to be, instead of breaking the circuit and the current of slavery to the Jewish Israel people in Egypt, he was sitting there in a season where he himself needed to be broken. So cliffhanger. Does he get there? Or is it Aaron that completes the mission? Is it Aaron that fulfills the call of God on Moses' life? Is it Aaron? Because they are both uniquely qual qualified and they are both uniquely called and they are both still purposed. But Moses' call on his life was not to be a voice to Aaron, but it was to be a voice to Israel. He wasn't called to be a voice to Pharaoh. He was called to be a voice to Israel. So much of our lives plan the enemy has for your life has overtaken you, overrun you, and overrided God's battle plan for your life simply because we have not looked at the heart of the matter. The issue isn't adultery, it's brokenness. Your issue isn't sex, it's brokenness. Your issue isn't disbelief, it's brokenness. Why isn't God using me to heal people? It's not because you're inadequate. It's because you believe something broken. Why do I feel like I can't escape this lifestyle, this thing that I'm living in, this thing that I've been doing? Why can't I feel like I can't ever just tell the truth for once? I want to, it's there. And then when it comes time to say something, it's just, it's just bold. It's broken. that heart issue, that heart issue will forfeit God's 2021 for your life before any surface level, before any cigarette smoking, 
before any cussing, before any pornography, that heart issue will lay that down at the feet of the enemy and he will dictate what this year looks like for you if you do not do what Moses did next. You see, through ten conversations and ten plagues, as you read these chapters, you begin to see something happen. There's a dynamic shift. What started with plagues one through seven featuring Moses and Aaron as his megaphone to the Pharaoh. What begins to shift over time as we get to the latter half of these plagues is suddenly Aaron isn't there, Aaron isn't to be seen, Aaron isn't involved, and what we see is Moses speaking, Moses declaring, Moses going and telling the Pharaoh, if you do not let my people go, maybe you'd hear what my brother said, but now the man's home. If you do not let my people go, it will get dark. It will get deadly. This will not go well for you. And it took ten plagues. It took ten times. It took all these other times of Moses having to sit there and see his brother or somebody else enter into promotion, enter into influence, enter into ministry, enter into the job that you've been wanting for so long. It took ten times. Ten conversations before he got to the place where he knew whose he was. And once he knew whose he was, God's megaphone, he knew what he was. And he certainly knew what he was not. He was not. He was not the earpiece to Aaron. He was the megaphone for heaven. Can I read the scripture to you? Exodus 14, 13 through 16. We'll close with this. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. It's not Aaron. It's not Aaron speaking. It's not Aaron raising his hands to split the sea. Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. Because he knew. He knew who the Lord was. He's a rescuer. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see them again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. I don't know if you needed to hear this today, but the Egyptians you saw on Wednesday, the chaos you saw this week, the things that have happened in 2020, God is your rescuer. But the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Why are you crying out to me, Moses? That's the part where God gets a little smirk in his face because he knows that you know and it's about time that you know, but he's not going to shame you for not knowing the whole time. There's a little smirk going on here. He says this, why are you crying out to me, Moses? Tell the people to get moving. Because he knew he could. Because he knew what he put outside. He said, pick up your staff, Moses. Raise your hands over the sea. Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. Friends, it's imperative that we get to this place of freedom in our lives, but not so much that you can have freedom, but so those on the other side of your brokenness can be liberated. Israel's exodus came on the back. Came on the back of Moses' broken currents exodus. Israel's freedom came on the backside of Moses' willingness 
to be broken, to stick in the fight, to go to the depths of his soul to rectify and correct God whatever needed to be corrected. There are people in your world and in the sphere of influence that you currently have that are waiting for you, waiting for you to be free. Heaven is waiting to free you. Heaven is waiting to fix what's broken on the inside of you so that you, you, not Matt McClure, I can't go to your job. I can't love your wife the way you can. I can't fix your marriage. I can't bring the spiritual gifts upon you. I can't pray in tongues for you. I can't talk to Jesus for you. I can't. But neither can you for me. Freedom. Liberation. The exodus from pain and turmoil and bondage that the people in our world today need desperately is found on the backside, not of the Red Sea. The Red Sea only parts when you part with the bondage and the brokenness. God's truth has to kill your life. God's truth has to kill your life. Do you want to be a circuit breaker in 2021? God's truth has to put the shame, put the death, and leave that thing buried. That is your lie. That is your brokenness. That is, I can't, I won't, how could I? I could never. Because God's truth this morning, if you can stand, as we invite God to come and tear down our walls, it's like we planned this or something. I had no idea. As we invite God to come and tear down our walls, He's going to tear down I can't. He's going to tear down I won't. He's going to tear down the whole reason behind that. And inside your heart is going to rest a resounding sound of freedom that is I am. Amen? Worship team, would you begin to lead us? Can we bring these lights down? Can we let this just be an intimate setting before the Lord? If you want to get on your knees, get on your knees. If you want to pray, pray. If you want to sing at the top of your lungs, do it. But let's give this moment to God as we close out service.